Good morning. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Sorry, having just a little bit of technical issue this morning. I'm not quite sure why. Every once in a while things happen. You know what I mean? It's live radio, so uh, just that sort of is the way that it is. Yesterday, uh, you had a uh, an election. Well, sort of. You had the pre-run, the Michigan primary for the Republicans and the Democrats. The big news, of course, you heard top of the hour Fox News. Donald Trump wins by even more than he won in South Carolina. He wins 68 to 26 percent. That's a 42-point split. If you're counting at home, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> in, in, in any kind of election, 42 points. It's enough that, you know, a lot of times you would think, well, the other person's going to drop out. But we already know that Nikki Haley is not going to drop out because she said she's going to stick around through Super Tuesday at least next Tuesday. Um, and by the way, uh, others, of course, got st- some votes still. You know, you had Ron DeSantis pulled a, per- a percent and a half. Dropped out of the race. Chris Christie had 4%. Uh, Ryan Binkley, who... <laughs> I have to be honest, I was seeing the headlines yesterday that Ryan Binkley officially withdrew from the race, to which I said, who? <laughs> and I followed this stuff, and I, okay, you know, I, every once in a while, you know, something catches you by surprise. Um, Asa Hutchinson apparently pulled 1,000 votes in Michigan, which is kind of amazing. But anyway, the big story, obviously, is uh, that Donald Trump wins again, and Nikki Haley says, you know, we're going to stick around through Super Tuesday. Now, one thing to kind of, I don't know, keep in mind here is vote totals. Because, you know, uh, Michigan, you've got yesterday in the primary. Now, primaries are not generals, and you never can say too much about what this might mean for that. Uh, But if you're looking at vote totals, you've got 750,000 for former President Trump and about 300,000 other Republicans who voted for Haley and DeSantis and Christie and and on and on. Okay, so that's about a million fifty, a million one, something like that total voting for Republicans. Then if you look on the Democrat side— and here's, you know, where we were kind of curious to see how this was going to work out because um, remember I told you yesterday that one of the things about uh, Biden is in addition to age concerns, in addition to concerns about the economy and foreign policy and just, you know, general unhappiness among Democrats with him is the issue of how he's been handling the conflict in Israel. And that's something that, you know, a a lot of folks are happy to see him supporting Israel so staunchly. And a lot of folks are not happy to see him supporting Israel so staunchly. Remember, on your college campuses, among your young people, and particularly among Arab Americans living here and voting here legally, okay, um, the idea that Israel is always right and that, you know, the Palestinians were the terrorists is they're not sure about that. Even if they thought, that the Palestinians or Hamas uh, was wrong for what they did back in October, they don't believe or they are very suspicious of or they really hate Israel for what it has done since in Gaza. You know, depending on whom you ask, killing tens of thousands of either Hamas fighters or Hamas fighters and civilians or civilians or children, you know, depending on which source of propaganda you want to believe, but certainly it's admissible that Israel has killed A lot of people in Gaza, they say mostly soldiers, fighters, you know, military-age males, um, but certainly they've also killed some civilians, trying their best not to, but that's just a reality. So in the democratic world, whether that's a world you pay a lot of attention to, this is a big deal. This is really a problem for Biden. In fact, you know, you've got a recent, you know, Biden has switched lately on a lot of things. Like he has gone from being the guy who is always uh, saying, you know, no, we're not going to do anything on the border because it's not even a crisis. And all of a sudden he cares about the border so much 
that he's willing to make deals and call out President Trump for working against a deal that would have done at least something on the border. Now, some say nothing affected, but you know, the point is he realizes this might cost him the election. He also realizes that the Israel-Hamas war might cost him the election because of people on his party who don't view Israel as always acting in the right. And so the protest vote in Michigan against him was going to be significant. And the question was, well, how much will it be? You know, if it's 25%, like if he only wins 75 to, you know, like against nobody because Marianne Williamson and Dean Phillips were the only other ones getting the vote, which, by the way, they got 6% combined. That's actually a lot for people who are not in the race. Uh, But 13% wound up voting for other. They actually have an uncommitted box. Are you sure you don't mean somebody else? (laughs) None of the above. So 81% versus 13%. The reason that's important is because if you then look at vote totals, right? Remember I said a moment ago you had about 700,000 voted for Trump, and then you had about 300,000 voted for Haley. And so, and just a little bit more than that, 750 for him. So you've got about a million one-ish voting for Republicans, right? On the Democrat side, you've got 700,000 total. 600,000, 617,000 voted for Biden and 100 grand voted no. No, thank you. I want something else. None of this food appeals to me. So if you look at it as a R versus D conflict, Republicans won by like 300,000 votes. That's a lot. I mean, that's a significant win. And I know it doesn't, again, it's not a direct translation. It doesn't mean this is what happened in the general. And you never know whether the people who voted for Haley, for example, whether they would rather vote for Biden in the general election. Uh, some of them surely will. Many of them perhaps will not. It's always hard to tell these things. But Biden's struggles with Israel and Gaza have cost him and his age and other things and you know his mental issues that we are well aware of have cost him a lot of support within his own party. And then you have questions about what would a third party do, right? If Nikki Haley loses the Republican election, does she run as a third party candidate? Very possible. Who would that benefit? Very uncertain. (laughs) But there's such a – listen, Trump has his massive will never touch – will never vote for anybody else base, okay? It's very strong. In this particular case, it was well more than enough to win on the Republican side. But let's look at it as a a share of the total – and you're talking about maybe 40%, 35% of the vote. Okay? So in a general election, considering Biden, Haley, Trump altogether, Donald, if, if this is that, which it is not, but if this is that, okay, uh, Trump gets 40. Haley gets uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 12 or 13, maybe 10, something like that. Okay, actually a little bit more than that, maybe more like 15. I'm doing quick math in my head here. Um, and then Biden gets somewhere in the vicinity of also like 30, okay? So he comes in second, but Haley draws enough votes of the share that maybe Trump wins a plurality, you know, okay? But maybe, maybe if you put Biden's 30 together with her 20, maybe together they make 50. It's None of this is known. I'm just, I'm just kind of laying out possibilities for you. And, you know, of course, the last time, whenever we've had significant third-party runs, it's always been to the detriment of whoever was closest to them, right? Bill Clinton wins because Ross Perot, right? I'm 98% sure I'm remembering which elections they were involved in. It's been a long time since all that happened. 
But so it's just it's an interesting question. She said she's going to stick around since uh, for Super Tuesday, which I think is an odd thing to say. Like, I'm totally in this and committed to win for one more week. Um, <laughs> but I, at least it's a realistic answer. It's not a yeah, I don't care if I keep on losing. I'm going to be in this forever. By the way, she does have uh, electoral votes. I don't know if you meant if you knew this, but um, she does have about what is the number I checked? It's like 30. Trump has like 120. So, you know, she actually does have some electoral votes. It's not zero. I mean, DeSantis has some. Chris Christie has some because, you know, some states don't do uh, winner take all. 437-1620. I'm Andrew McKay. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like C-Max Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Start your mornings off informed with all things Pensacola on the Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, 522 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News, and uh, we've got uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? Well, here's something to make you feel safe. The nation's biggest nuclear weapons facility being threatened by a fast-moving wildfire in the Texas panhandle. Uh, the Pantex plant, about 17 miles northeast of Amarillo, uh, not far from the Smokehouse Creek fire, which grew from 40,000 acres to 200,000 acres in just six hours yesterday. It's now burning out of control. Uh, officials posted on uh, X yesterday that personnel at that plant that were building a fire barrier to protect the facilities. And they say that all the nuclear weapons on the site are safe 
and unaffected by this fire. Apple's canceling its electric car project. That's according to Bloomberg. They cited people with knowledge uh, of the project. And Apple had been working on the electric car project for a decade now. Bloomberg says executives told project workers many of them will be moved to the uh, company's artificial intelligence division. And how about this? This this, this story with with the EVs at Apple is very interesting to me because you have billions of dollars that they have spent. Right. Billions of dollars that they have spent on this. And now they're just like, eh. <laughs> we're done. And on top of that, you got the report, what was it, uh, last week that Mercedes, which had pledged to convert entirely over to EVs, is now moving away from that pledge. Now, they're not saying they're going to get out of the EV business, but uh, they said that, you know, they scaled back what they're doing and they don't have confidence that there's infrastructure going to be in place in time to support what they had been trying to do and i think we all recognize that the ev market has slowed because all your first adopters all of your you know high motivated you know eco types and the folks with a lot of money because those are all the things um they bought their evs and everybody else is like i don't know i don't i don't I don't mind going to the gas station. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah the people who want them already have miles on a tank, you know. So this is another sort of signal that maybe something with EVs is not as big a surge in public demand as maybe some had hoped that it would be. And uh, well, how about this, Andrew? Netflix might be raising prices yet again this year. That's according to uh, analysts over at UBS Securities. They wrote in a research note that they're expecting another price hike. Uh, sometime here by the end of 2024. So oh, just what everybody wants. Well, you know, what they could do is maybe they could say, like, they're going to leave the price as it is, but then um, during peak hours, maybe they could charge more. Oh, know? there we go, Like, yeah. they could do, like, the Wendy's-Netflix combo deal where, you know, Netflix costs more, but Wendy's costs less at a certain time, and then you can, you know, kind of between the two of them. <laughs> I, still, I still cannot believe that Wendy's is actually doing this thing. Because I, you know, I was asking my, my wife is always my like check with people to see what, and she's like, oh well, yeah, that just means I'm going to McDonald's or Burger King. <laughs> I mean, that's all all that is. I am not interested in you know rewarding some greedy company because they charge me more to eat when I'm hungry. I mean, it's just a weird situation. Now, uh, would you even know if they're charging you more though? Uh, I was talking to Joe about it the other day, and he was saying they'll probably just have the digital boards. The prices will change. You'd never even know the price is different. Well, yes, if you're not aware of the prices enough, shop there often enough, that's fair, right? But if you go to Burger King often enough, maybe you know the prices. I know I know the price of milk and meat and all that, and, you know, at a grocery store. So, uh, she also, you know, she said something really interesting, too. My wife's super smart. That's why I married her, smartest woman I ever met. Um, and I said, ah, you know, got to keep that in the family. I need the good decision-making. And uh, she said, you know, the thing about surge pricing is at least it's got something to it, like with Uber, where the person who's you know what they want is more drivers and if you raise the prices and you maybe entice the drivers to come in because maybe there's more of an incentive to them so you're actually solving the problem that surge demand creates which is a scarcity of supply um but it's not like wendy's charging more money for you to buy a burger is gonna be translated into there's more workers suddenly behind the counter (laughs) <laughs> it's not going to work that way. So uh, I don't know. It's a weird program. David, thanks so much for the update. I appreciate it. 727 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Spence Gola Morning News. What else do we have going on? Oh, Bob Johnson yesterday got honored in Tallahassee. Santa Rosa County Sheriff Bob Johnson 
honored in Tallahassee today. He was named the Law Enforcement Officer of the Day. State Representative Michelle Saltzman nominated him for that award. The Florida House Speaker recognized Johnson's military service with the Air Force and thanked him for his continued service in law enforcement. That's pretty cool. They do one of these, you know, by as the name would suggest, law enforcement officer of the day. Uh, so they do, you know, 60 of them, right? 60 days for uh, the session or whatever. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of cool. Representative Paul Renner, who will be the Speaker of the House in the next uh, generation of uh, the House. It's actually when Alex Andrade is in his final two uh, years as a representative, Paul uh, Renner will be his Speaker. It's kind of a weird system that they use in Tallahassee. If you're not familiar with it, you basically come in uh, knowing that you're going to be the Speaker six years from now. And even to some degree, you know that, hey, six years from now, I'm going to be one of the key lieutenants. Like, you know, Andrade is going to be one of the key leaders in the in the House when Renner is the Speaker. Anyway, so he talked a little bit about Bob Johnson. He was elected sheriff in 2016 and has held the office unopposed since, the first sheriff to do so in the history of Santa Rosa County. You must be doing something right. Sheriff, uh, thank you so much for your service to the community, to the state. Uh, we love you. God bless you, and welcome to the Florida House. Uh, so very cool to have him honored like that. Absolutely wonderful to have it. 528 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. What else do we have going on? Um, oh, we talked about this last week, that you had the town of Century had closed down temporarily. The town of Century was not operating uh, because they were short on staff. And then, now they're back open. So, you know, everything is totally back to normal. Everything's fine. Don't ask any questions. In good news, and this genuinely is very, very good news, the uh, NAS Whiting Field won a huge award. They were named as the best small base in the Navy, nominated for the Commander-in-Chief's Award, the CIC. So this is very cool. Paul Flores, who is the commanding officer, Party Boys, his call sign, uh, Captain Flores is, uh, you know, praising the team, says this award is truly a team effort of all hands on the base. It could not have been accomplished without all the hard work of everyone on the team. Uh, I could not be more proud of everyone at NES Whiting Field. Congratulations and thanks for everything you do every day. This is the first time NES Whiting Field has been nominated for the highly competitive uh, Commander-in-Chief's Annual Award 2024 uh, for excellence, uh, Award for Installation Excellence. So well done. I mean, you know, our, our local base is actually... Uh, they win a lot of awards. They get nominated for a lot of things. It's really, really something that we take for granted, but they, you know, they do amazing stuff. We've been talking quite a bit lately about the term limits bill that is being run in the House and the Senate, and um, uh, the House version is ready to go, but the Senate version is under undergoing some changes, and it looks like what it's going to be is what I've been telling you all along, that they're going to have a referendum, that you're going to have a vote in every county. Uh, you know, eight-year... Charter counties are going to vote to keep. 12-year charter counties are going to vote to go to eight. And all the rest of us, all the non-charter constitutional counties, are going to have a chance to vote whether we want to have term limits for commissioners at eight years or not. And, of course, that would only start if it passes after that point. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden wins the Democrats' presidential primary in Michigan with 81% of the vote. There was a protest vote over the president's support of Israel's war in Gaza. I was proud today to walk in and pull a Democratic ballot and vote uncommitted. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib among 13% of Michigan Democrats voting uncommitted. Former President Trump wins Michigan's Republican primary with 68% of the vote. He called into a watch party in Grand Rapids. I just want to thank everybody. You've been incredible. And I'm so proud of the results because they're far greater than anticipated. He wins nine more delegates toward the Republican nomination. Nikki Haley picks up two with 26% of the vote. 
39 more are awarded at a Republican caucus there Saturday. Also Saturday, the Idaho and Missouri caucuses, then the Washington, D.C. primary, the North Dakota caucus, then Super Tuesday next week when a third of all Republican delegates are at stake. America's listening to Fox News. Elected sheriff in 2016 has held the office on Good morning, it's 531 at News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. 69 degrees this morning. Cloudy skies in Pensacola. And good Wednesday morning to you. Support for Donald Trump was one of the key points last night at the Matt Gates Donald Trump Jr. rally in Pensacola. Donald Trump understood that sometimes you talk softly and carry the big stick. I remember when your dad saw those pictures of those kids from Syria who had been bombed with chemical weapons. And he didn't go out there and run his mouth, and he didn't give a bunch of speeches, and he didn't write a bunch of strongly worded letters. He dropped 68 Tomahawk missiles on the air base that launched those attacks, and there were no more of them. And that town hall meeting was put on by Public Square last night. They also discussed small business and the military, and there was a packed crowd for the event. It was held at the Palafox Wharf Waterfront Event Center. Gates also predicted Trump would get record support from all working-class Americans in November. Milton City leaders signing off on a contract to bring back Randy Jorgensen as their city manager on a temporary basis. During Monday night's meeting, the council voted to bring Jorgensen back as an independent contractor rather than as a temporary city employee. In everybody's opinion, does this contract, as put together now, benefit the residents of Milton? Who we work for and who we get paid by? Uh, my statement is, yes, it does. And it fully uh, states that in there. And we're blessed to have this man to be able to come back on an interim basis. And discussion there between Councilman Mike Cusack and Jeff Snow. Jorgensen's agreement will pay him $12,000 per month for six months and also include a two-month severance if his contract is terminated early. This move coming after Scott Collins resigned after just five months on the job. The Escambia Sheriff's Office investigating after a man was shot in the leg yesterday. Investigators say the man showed up at his home with a gunshot wound on Tuesday afternoon. EMS was later sent to that house. The man was taken to the hospital. His injuries were considered to be non-life-threatening. Deputies say they're attempting to cooperate with the man for an investigation into what happened. Well, it's only February, but sea surface temperatures in the Atlantic, Hurricane Alley are already hitting summer levels. Brian McNulty, a senior research associate at the University of Miami, calls this early season heat exceptional. We've kind of fast forwarded by three months or so. The ocean looks like it's already the start of hurricane season, and it's not. We've just never seen the ocean this warm before for this time of year. And McNulty says if the warm temperatures continue into hurricane season, Florida could see an above-average number of extreme storms, and the activity could even begin earlier than June. Another measles case is diagnosed in Broward County, a school district there confirming a ninth case yesterday. That involves Weston's Manatee Bay Elementary School. This is the seventh case of measles, measles that has been reported at that school. It is 534 News Radio 923. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We will have a cloudy day today with temperatures warming up near 75 degrees. Some showers possible as you go into the afternoon and evening. 30% chance of rain. Temperatures overnight dropping near 51. For Thursday, cloudy skies high near 64. Low on Thursday night near 58 degrees. More showers and thunderstorms move in on Friday morning. 70% chance of rain with a high near 68. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. 
morning. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. And right now, 69 degrees. It is mostly cloudy in Pensacola, 68 in Gulf Breeze, 69 in Milton. Our next news at 6 o'clock. We've got breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne for News Radio 92.3. News Radio Pensacola has you covered no matter where you are or how you like to listen. Tune into our frequencies on 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, and AM 1620 for the latest breaking news, local updates, and in-depth analysis. Can't be near a radio? No problem. Stream us live on our website or through our convenient app. Available for download on your mobile device. Plus, with our smart device integration, you can ask your virtual assistant to play News Radio 92.3 and we'll be right there with you. It's News Radio Pensacola. Hey, Dave Ramsey here. For almost a decade, I've been telling you about my friends at Frontier Motors in Pensacola. The biggest reason is they help my listeners save thousands of dollars when purchasing a slightly used car over a brand new one. Consumer Reports says the average new car depreciates a whopping $9,200 in the first year alone. That's crazy. So if you're thinking new, don't. Go see Frontier Motors and see how much they can save you on a current year car with very low miles. And if your goal is to get out of debt, bring Frontier Motors your car and they can write you a check on the spot. Frontier Motors can also do consignments and they don't charge a fee or a commission. Frontier Motors have been helping the people in the Pensacola area for 21 years. They are the go-to dealer for free advice when it comes to buying or selling a car. Please go see my friends at Frontier Motors. And don't forget to tell them Dave Ramsey sent you. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Sarah is 64 and loves to garden. Recently, her health insurance ran out, leaving her worried about more than just weeds. She called the Elder Helpline and spoke with a volunteer shine counselor about her options. There, she received free, unbiased counseling on health insurance for those on Medicare. For more information or to volunteer, call 1-800-963-5337 or go to floridashine.org. Here are the News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 contest rules. You can win one prize per household per contest in any 30-day period, unless specified by individual contest rules. All prizes on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 are non-transferable, non-redeemable for cash, or exchangeable for any other prize. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 prizes must be redeemed within a 30-day period of winning. For a complete list of rules, visit NewsRadio92.3.com. Right now with Joe and Austin, 4 to 7 on News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Five thirty-eight here on News Radio ninety-two-three. Informative, local, dependable. Is that better? <laughs> Got all these texts in telling me I was uh, broadcasting from inside the tunnel. I just seeing if you're listening. No, seriously, it was my fault. I screwed up uh, one of the settings, and uh, 
Um, if you want to know the technical reason, it's I got this new laptop and I'm working really hard to get it 100% functional and it is not uh, 100% functional. And uh, and one of the issues is trying to figure out how the audio settings need to work. So what's happening, if you care, is um, I was talking into the mic, but my microphone on my laptop was picking up my voice at a distance and then sending that through the same connector that I play my laptop sound on. So that's you 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 heard it right. It was my fault, and you know, so we move on. It's live radio. Hey, uh, yesterday, as always, had a good chance to talk to uh, Sheriff Chip Simmons and talk to him about, of course, all the things going on in uh, Scambia County law enforcement wise. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. Are you still the sheriff when you're not wearing a sheriff's uniform? <laughs> That's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they dock my pay. Every Do time they? I, I mean, you get paid like 75% yeah. though, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Because, you know, I know you're the sheriff no matter what time of day it is, wherever you go, I guess whatever you wear. Right. So why bother wearing the uniform? Because it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no arguing that. No arguing that. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't wear a uniform every day. I wear yeah. a uniform most days. You don't wear it around the house. No. no. <laughs> Your wife will kill you. <laughs> like Andy Griffith. I'm not the sheriff at home. You're not. <laughs> yeah. I know that. That's every man uh, says that. All right. So, uh, serious. <laughs> sorry. It's just, that's great. Oh, man. And and your wife is fantastic. Um, serious stuff. We had a, um, a horrible, horrible incident with, what, two people who were murdered, and uh, the grandson has now been... What's what what happened? It's on Greenbrier. Yeah, well, this is it's awful. It's on Greenbrier. It's terrible. We get a call that um, the the son had not heard from his parents, uh, his mother and father, for some time. It had been a couple of days, um, and he indicated that his nephew or their grandson was also staying at the house. Um, so we get a call to do what we call a welfare check. Hmm. So we get there, and then we enter the house with the son. He has the keys to, and allows us in 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 the house because again, uh, trying to figure out, make sure they're okay. Unfortunately, they were not okay. Uh, a, a, just a bloody scene. Um, there, there is two bodies. Both of his parents uh, were, were found murdered inside the house. Uh, one inside a bedroom, and one was inside a look like an office type type of a, a setting in there. Um, and then we we were looking for and ultimately found and arrested the, the grandson. Uh, when it first happened, we put put it out that we're looking for you know the grandson. Talk to the grandson. You have two people that are killed in the house, and a third person lives there. We need to talk to that, that right? That obviously, third party, um, and we did so. It was just, it's just a, a terribly tragic, and as you can imagine, um, and uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I was, I had to go into this. I went into the scene and and, and took a look at what was going on. Um, just a horrific, bloody, bloody scene. I, I, I can't imagine the, you know, the, the the horror that they went through, and and then ultimately we did end up arresting the the guy. We got a call. Uh, we put the information out on Facebook that um, you know that, that this is the individual that we're looking for, uh, Jordan King, I believe is his name, um, and and someone called us. Hey, I think I just saw that guy walk. He's walking around on mm-hmm. Blue Angel. So we went over there. Sure enough, he's walking around. Uh, we ended up uh, picking him up and arresting him, charging him with with the the, the felony murder. Do we know? Um, I mean, cause, motive, weapon. Do we know anything about the what led to this? I, I can tell you that the the you know, uh, is there a good cause to you know no, just to brutally no. slay your your parents or your grandparents? No, there's not. Um, I can tell you that it looked like a, a mixture of blunt force trauma oh. and um, you know there were some some stab wounds. Apparently, to be some stab wounds. I believe a hammer was used at at, oh. at one point. It was just okay. a, a a horrific a horrific scene. Um, 
you know, somebody had texted me earlier in the week and asked me a question that uh, is now relevant to you particularly, but also it said, you know, when police have to go to a scene like that, um, it's traumatic enough to encounter somebody who's deceased. I mean, it's weird for people to encounter a dead body. But, you know, people die of natural causes. That's not so awful. Um, but you go to scenes where, you know, it's a suicide. You go to scenes where it's a homicide. You go to scenes like this that are clearly atrocious in addition to being what it normally is. What kind of um, mental health resources, you know, what kind of follow-up do you have to just, you know, make sure that, like, you're okay, to make sure that they're okay, and, you know, especially officers who encounter that for the first time in their careers. It's, I mean, I know I wouldn't want to. It's it's awful. Well, I, I think it's important this, at this point to kind of give you an idea of what, uh, you know, what the, the deputies would have went through. Um, a lot of times these welfare checks are are harmless i mean you yeah. oh yeah no i my phone's dead or i just can't get a hold of them in fact most time that's the case sometimes there's an elderly individual that it passed away and we have to let the, the family know but but so the deputies would have gotten there would have heard or hadn't heard from a couple of days looked around the outside of the house and nothing appeared to be out of order on the outside of the house and then so they go from just walking in with the relative to seeing this this bloody scene one, mm-hmm. and then and then they had to hurry and get him out of the house, the relative out of the house. They had to clear the scene. They don't know if the if the killer is still in in the house. They don't know if he's he's you know barricaded himself somewhere else. So they went from you know just a regular walkthrough to now they see all this. They're processing what they're seeing. They're calling on a radio. I happen to be listening to it on the radio, so I was able to get there pretty quick. Um, and. And then they're clearing the house with the guns drawn. And then they go into another room and they find a, a, and I know this because I've also seen the body camera. They open another door and they find another body there. And then they're still, the, the house is in a little bit of, I would describe it as disarray. Yeah. Um, so they're having to check under every every table, behind every couch and every closet, every nook. And at the same time, they're still processing what I have here. You know? and, and, and so you go from walking into a scene, seeing all this, processing it and then also having to be on high alert because you think you're looking for a killer that may well be in the in the still in the house and they had to broadcast that information to other deputies so you have all of that that they're dealing with and then the very next time they may go to a you know to a lost dog or something right so um, we have i'm proud to say one of only two programs mental health programs within our agency that's both internal and external we talk about the external um, the co-responder aspect of what we have, mm-hmm. where we partner with Lakeview uh, clinician, mental health clinician, and then, but internally, we also provide those resources through a, a EAP program, but also through, uh, we have full-time, um, a full-time counselor, if you will, that mm-hmm. is that in the sheriff's office that that is available to talk to whoever and 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 whenever that, that they need it. Oftentimes, when we go, uh, when individuals are involved in something. We will mandate that they go see somebody mm-hmm. and just talk it out. You know, I mean, just just to talk a little bit. Um, in this type of situation, honestly, because it happens, you know, a lot. Whether it's a car accident, whether it's a, yeah. a, you know, or it's an industrial accident like we had, um, like we had yesterday, um, that they 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 see these things all the time. And so it's important for us to let them know that they have these resources available to them, whether it's external to the sheriff's office, and as you can imagine, that could be valuable at times. But also, it's it's we, we have someone you can go talk to that has an office outside the office mm-hmm. of the main sheriff's office, um, and then you can talk to them as many times as you'd like. Well, because we, I mean, obviously these you know these men and women have families, they have children. Um, you know, trauma can affect people in all different kinds of ways, and some people it does not affect. I mean, it's you know it's not universal. Um, you know, you know, but, I found the most difficult thing is to is, is 
one of the most difficult things I should say is making next of kin notification. Mm. You know, we used to work mm-hmm. traffic accidents when I was a Pensacola police officer. And, and when you work fatalities, you have to let the families know. And so, you know, you, you knock on a door and you have to, you know, you're there for the worst moment of a yeah. family's life. And, and you have to do that on a regular basis, unfortunately, because people die in traffic accidents and right. or industrial accidents, or, you know, you have to, you have to bear the bearer of that, of such bad news. And I think that's very difficult to, sometimes to, uh, to just walk away from and forget about. Absolutely. Uh, we had a couple of other instances. You mentioned the industrial accident where um, an Escambia County employee was trimming a tree with a bucket truck and or a cherry picker and something went wrong. Yeah, you know, what, what, again, what a, what a terrible uh, thing to have happened. Um, individual gets up, goes to work, and, and you know, he never comes home. That's, that's just, just terribly tragic. We get the call that um, of the what we call an industrial accident or a death investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we discovered took place was that uh, an Escambia County employee was up in a bucket truck on those that are on the, the boom arm, um, and they're trimming the tree, and somehow as the, I guess as the tree, uh, was cut it snapped back and struck the arm part uh, which is obviously the bucket is attached to when it, it struck the bucket hard enough to where it threw the employee out of the bucket itself onto the ground below um, they estimated somewhere around 40 feet it was up up there pretty high okay. uh, the bucket remained up there um, you know it remained upright and and unfortunately the the employee the 59 year old male employee fell fell and was was uh, you know deceased at at the scene um, we did discover that there was no there was no harness that was mm-hmm. that was attached and, and no helmet. Um, you know, it, it's just terribly tragic. So, sounds like a helmet may not have been the difference maker, but a harness almost certainly would have. You know, it's I guess it's it's impossible to say for sure because sure. you can't go back and relive things. But uh, um, uh, it, it the the bucket stayed up. And yeah. So uh, the you know the thought I guess and in, in some people's mind again is that and it's for everyone you can make your right. own judgment. Um, uh, you know, if there was a, a, a strap in there and had it, had it held, um, that the individual would might've still been in a bucket. Man, just again, like you say, all the horrible, weird things that happen. We, uh, we also had a, um, Mario McWilliams, I guess, a 20 year old, 20 year old, uh, Pensacola guy has been now charged with, uh, attempted homicide for shooting at three people coming out of a home. Is that right? Yeah, we get a call off a of Kitty Hawk Drive, uh, what we call a shots fired disturbance. We get there and we find out that uh, there are several victims uh, and some witnesses and also a video that showed uh, Mario Williams fire six, six rounds or six shots into a vehicle that was occupied. And so we oh, into a vehicle. charged him. Yeah, they were in a vehicle. Okay. So somebody was shooting a video of this while he was shooting at the people. Well, I, I don't know what the video is. The video could have been a home video, oh, could be, video okay, gotcha. uh, yep. or it could have been a, a, a phone type video. But either way, um, we certainly had probable cause to believe that uh, Mario Williams did it. And we arrested him accordingly. And then speaking of video, I guess there was some kind of a argument on Facebook or social media or something. And a woman says, why don't you come do something about it? Shows up at her house. She goes out on the lawn. There's people with her yelling and arguing. And then it winds up, uh, they're Facebook living it or something. And it winds up into a knife fight where she's stabbing somebody with the kitchen knife. Is that kind of what happened? Uh, I think that's, that's accurate. And I can tell you on the video that I saw in that one, it looked like a big kitchen knife. And it was, we had charged them with attempted murder because, um, I, I can simply describe it, you know, in, in, in some detail that during the fight, uh, one of the individuals pulled out, uh, grabbed this knife. I, mm-hmm. I don't recall exactly where it was from and, and lunged at a person with a, with a knife over their head and into the, the, the victim of uh, cutting them pretty severely on the arm. Mm. 
um, and had it been what three or four inches to the to the right, I guess um, it certainly would have been fatal. So we charged that individual with uh, I don't recall the name at this point, but we charged that individual with attempted homicide. And, and again, um, you know, speaking of the the, the the videos, it's it's another pretty you know you shake your head at at, at just the actions of some people. At, it's at amazing, sometimes. absolutely amazing. Uh, in uh, slightly better news, uh, let's just say uh, you got reaccredited, right? Which is yeah. something you periodically have to go through. Yeah, uh, we we went. We sent a couple of uh, of our people, led by uh, Chief Andy Hobbs and uh, our our uh, training section, which includes. I have to mention their names because they've done a really good job. Mm-hmm. Commander Jeremy Small, Captain Philip Fulmer. Our accreditation manager was Cole Chancellor, Lieutenant Mike Colburn, and Sergeant Vince Odenbrett. Um, they all went down there because what you have to do is you you get tested. They come to our agency. They check our policies. They check our our you know make sure that we're abiding by our policies and our proofs and that sort of thing. And they have a severe, uh, I say severe, but just ex- exhausting type of evaluation. <laughs> exhaustive. Um, yeah, exhaustive. And exhausting. <laughs> and, and just and they just had to checklist and pages and pages and pages. There are a couple of days, actually. And then we go down there and we answer some questions and we get reaccredited or they put you under, a, I guess, a probationary status. Well, in this case, we, we pass with flying colors. Um, so the citizens of Scanbay County will be, good, will be glad to know that they're their sheriff's office has again been reaccredited for three more years, and then will be you know reassessed in three years. That's great. It's a good thing. It shows that we're using standardized policies, and mm-hmm. not just that we have policies, but that we're abiding by those policies. They ask you know to, to prove that you are this is your policy and prove that you are actually abiding by it. And Everything it's not from just fire something you post up on the wall, cars yeah. and and all this stuff. Yeah, uh, you you don't have it just to say you have it. You actually have to adhere to those policies. So it's a it's it's a good thing for us, and I'm I'm obviously proud of the of the agency and what they've been able to do. Uh, you had a successful pit of a stolen car. We'll note that. And then you have a job fair tonight, right? If somebody hears us talking about this stuff and thinks, I want to do that or something related to it, right? You should want to do that. And it's uh, we're having a career fair at our agency, um, 1700 West Leonard Street. It's going to be 4 o'clock to 6.30 today. You'll be able to come there and you'll be able to talk to some people about uh, for our people, obviously, about uh, jobs and, and careers in law enforcement. It doesn't mean deputy sheriff. It could mean crime scene. It could mean dispatch. It could mean uh, clerical work. It could mean a number of different opportunities that we have Nickel here. Yeah, we have we have a number of different opportunities. We have over 800, uh, well, about 750 employees with just a variety of different different things. We have assistants. We have legal teams. We have a number of things that we can do. Uh, and we have opportunities at the sheriff's office. So if you're interested in a career in law enforcement or anything to support law enforcement, you can come see us at the sheriff's office tonight at 4 o'clock to 6.30. 4 to 6.30 at Leonard Street. If you don't know where it is, Pace and Fairfield, and then just follow the cop cars. You'll find it from there. <laughs> the you yeah. come in, yeah. you know. That's there, there's, there's they're all going here. to one place, and that's where there will be. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff Chip Simmons, as always, sir, a pleasure. Thank you for the time. Thanks for what you do to keep us safe and uh, keep us informed. I appreciate it. You bet. Y'all take care. 554 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about that next vehicle, trying to decide where to go, you know, one of the places that I, well, the only place really that I recommend uh, that I bought a car from here in Pensacola, and we just love them. They're fantastic. Frontier Motors, Dave Ramsey recommends them. And part of the reason why is because of the way they do business, which is they sell not the brand new car, but the car that's like almost new. You know, it's uh, just one or two or three years young. It's got low miles. It's got great condition. And it's the kind of car that you can put 100, 200, 300,000 miles on and kind of enjoy for a long time. That's how we're doing with our Auto- you know, our Honda Odyssey. It was a year old with 12,000 miles, came back on a lease, and we're happy. Um, but also, they just do extra things that you don't really hear about 
car places doing. Like, for example, when you go to get your, if you go to look at a car and you get the, the price sheet, it's going to have all the numbers and then the out-the-door price is all you ever talk about, which is everything included. And then attached to that is going to be a Carfax, which is the automotive repair vehicle maintenance history for that car to the extent that things have been reported. Now, if you're buying a used car from somebody else, you know, Carfax is a good start. It's not necessarily everything. Okay, it had to be reported. So, um, you know, I recommend taking a vehicle to a, a good mechanic that you trust and have them look it over. It's maybe going to be 100 bucks, 150 bucks, but it's worth it for sure. Um, but here's the point. It, obviously, they give you a Carfax when they sell you the car. But um, if you go to some other place, you know, like the corner lot or somebody on Facebook Marketplace, they probably don't give you a Carfax. It's okay. Just call Frontier. They'll run one for you for free. No problem. You don't even have to be embarrassed about it. You'll be like, you know, I was going to go buy a car from somebody else. Can you help me buy that? Yeah, I mean, they don't just say I need a Carfax from them. They'll be like, all right, because they do that. If you want to name drop me, but you don't have to, they'll just do it for anybody. You don't even have to know somebody. <laughs> just tell them you want a Carfax run on an event and they'll do it for you. So why would they help you buy a car from somebody else? Because they can. Because it gives you information. It might help you avoid making a mistake. I mean, you know, why not? That's their philosophy. We can do something here to help. Let's do it. Serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway, Frontier Motors. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. I've been collecting watches since around 2018. Uh, made my first big purchase thinking that was going to be my only watch. When you're looking at watches and you're doing them online or if you're in the secondary market, it can be scary because there's a lot of fakes and I really do focus in on coming into uh, an authorized dealer like Berets for any of the Omega or Brightly purchases. They will let you try it on, take pictures, go home, think about it, and just really set your mind at ease. Come visit us at Beret Jewelers. Gulf Coast businesses are set to lose over $5 million this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. It's the beginning of tax season, and scammers know the threat of an IRS audit gets people to pay. Know that the IRS will never initiate contact through email, and any email threatening an audit is just a scam. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at VFW.org. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR-TV News, on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. My name is Pussy Galore. I must be dreaming. Obviously a line from Goldfinger, but it gets me thinking about, did you see how Mary Poppins is getting an, a raise in its uh, parental guidance advisory out of the UK? Yeah, they're raising it from a U to um, like kind of our PG because there's one point in it where the Admiral says hot and tots and they don't correct him. So now it's not safe for everybody. <laughs> God, this cancel culture is a disease, man. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headline. Mary Poppins is not safe for everybody. Uh, what's going on, David? Well, the funeral of Alexei Navalny will be held on Friday. A spokeswoman for the uh, Ru- 
Russian opposition leader says that he'll be buried in Moscow. The service will be open to the public, although you'd think uh, mourners who attend those services could be facing a bit of a risk because right. uh, after his death, people were put in jail just for attending the memorials. Uh, San Francisco issuing a formal apology to the city's black population for years of discrimination. The apology, they say, is just one of more than 100 recommendations from the Reparations Advisory Committee there. But no money, as one person said. Board has already said no money, no cash. The state said no money, no cash. So the question that the NACP raises, what in the world are you willing to do? And yet you don't have anything else to show? Stream us at NewsRadio923.com. NewsRadio923. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.